Hello everyone, welcome back to your story. I'm your host Ian Kath, this is episode 23. It's baking hot here in Berlin people, it's really hot. Summer has arrived, they kept telling me that they do summer here and for the first week or so I didn't believe them, it was like winter in Queensland, um, which is still pretty warm, it's nothing like winter over here from what I've been told, but summer has arrived and she's hot alright, she's 31, 32 degrees, it's, uh, yeah, everybody's playing. That's a funny thing, I saw something today as I was walking to the coffee shop to do a bit of work and I went past some kids playing in some water and I looked at it and I thought that's an unusual thing what is that and then I realized what it was was an ice skating rink that um, didn't have any water in it of course and the kids were just playing around with you know the water outlets and spraying water on each other I thought it's completely different to what it's going to be in the middle of winter when it'll be just a, a slab of ice for them to go skating on uh, so yeah she's she's cooking hot over here at the moment it's wonderful having a thoroughly good time uh, and I, you know, I want to share a little bit of that with you, and that's what today's episode's about. It's quite lovely, and I explained explained a little bit when we get into it. Uh, but let's just sort of cover a couple of things first. I've made a few comments; they're all over at Addendum. I don't want to go on about them here. This is more about the proper podcast. So uh, if you want to check out how life's been, go over to Addendum, you know, and see the other little episodes I've been producing but also I've been putting a few things up on the site you know photos and things my Flickr feed's getting pretty huge now so if you want to get, go over to Flickr you can actually see some of my travels and stuff some of it's interesting I think for you some of it probably as boring as anything but anyway this, that's what you do when you're a whole list uh, I'm here for another few days then I'm heading over to Prague I'm looking forward to uh, seeing a little bit of Prague I'll only be there for a couple of days and then I'm down to France bottom of France catch up with a mate and over to England, it uh, looks like I'm going to be spending a couple of days in Paris too, which is pretty damn exciting. I haven't been to Paris before. Uh, you want to get hold of me? Chat at yourstorypodcast.com. Yourstorypodcast.com, of course, is the site address, the URL. So uh, flick me a hello if you want to, or leave a comment at the end of the post. Um, I always love knowing the comments. I keep saying it. All of us podcasters out here keep saying the same thing. You know, we work in a bit of a vacuum. We don't know that you're actually out there. We just put this stuff out, hoping that people appreciate it. It's always nice to have feedback. You can always leave a comment at the end of the post. Yeah, do that. There's also all the links for subscription over at the site. You know, all that sort of thing. Now, this particular episode, I don't use IOTA PromoNet. I actually ripped a bit of music off a uh, video that I got from Rocco. And so I've used the music for that. But I still want to plug IOTA PromoNet because I use them most of the time. So, you know, if you want a bit of music, go over to see them and see what they put out. It's always good stuff. Today's episode is, in a funny sort of way, it's about passion. I've always thought it'd be wonderful to actually meet somebody one day before they're famous. And I think in meeting Rocco, I think maybe I've actually finally achieved that. 
Rocco is totally, totally passionate about what he's doing. But he's, I don't think he's obsessed, which is a beautiful balance. He is very, very focused. And for 16 years, he's been pursuing this. And I think maybe I've met my first famous person. So uh, that's what today's show's about as a subtext to the story of being a mime artist. And we go through what it's like to do that. And we also explore a little bit of Berlin culture, the uh, East-West divide that still exists, and a few other bits and pieces about Berlin life, frankly. And the environment that we recorded in actually says a lot about summer in Berlin. So I hope you enjoy this episode. God, I had a great time recording it. This is Rocco's Story. Twenty fifth of July, two thousand eight. But I'm sitting in a park at the moment on an absolutely stunning, stunning summer's day. Um, it's been fairly cold here in Berlin, and I haven't had a chance to actually experience what a European summer's like. And around us, we're in a park, and there'd be how many people here, Rocco? You reckon two uh, hundred? Yeah. Yeah, probably two hundred people. Sitting on blankets, barbecues, smoking, kids playing, kicking balls on bicycles. Um, and very different to an Australian summer park in that everybody's out enjoying the sun, you know, like stripped down to their underwear and soaking up the rays <laughs> type stuff. Um, it's actually quite hot. I wish I was in a pair of shorts instead of a pair of jeans. It's probably, what, 28? 28 degrees? Yeah, yeah I think so. About, about 28. It's probably a little bit hotter a couple of hours ago. The time is, just to give you a bit of an idea, with this crazy European daylight saving... It's seven minutes to seven, <laughs> and the sun is still probably 20 degrees above the horizon. Um, so I'm having a bitch of a time, people, you know. So I hope you're enjoying winter if you listen to this in the next couple of days, <laughs> back in Australia anyway. And we've got a couple of beers, and today we're going to talk to Rocco. Don't know Rocco. As we're walking here, uh, he asked me a few things about podcasting and what I'm doing, so I spilled my guts. And uh, we purposely, well... I didn't bother asking about him because I wanted to be all fresh for you guys as well as for me. So I know very little about you, Rocco, but I yeah. do know that you're a mime artist. Yeah, and that's that, my great passion. Yeah, and that's <laughs> I love people with passion because yeah. podcasting is my passion, mate. So that's why you're here. So, um, we'll, you know, let's talk about mime and see where this goes. And maybe we'll move on to some other subjects as well, you know. Yeah. You know? monkey sex like you know I suggested yeah, I want to talk about monkey that, sex really. yeah monkey sex is important so so tell me about mime and tell me how you got into well let's yeah how did you get into mime well, I, Marcel Marceau yeah that's all I know of mime me too <laughs> really really some years ago that was everything I knew about mime and even I didn't know the the, the name of him I just uh on my on my pip. End, was it pip pip yeah B-I-P. Bip, is it? His character. Bip, yeah, yeah. His, his white-faced character. But at, at my theatre school, uh, at the rehearsal at the first, I was asked, yeah, do you know any famous mime? And uh, my very own answer was, yeah, there is, I've seen an old man on TV. He's doing some mime. Mm, he wasn't old once. He started very young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but he did it forever. Yeah. yeah. I saw him with 82 live. In right. Berlin. In 1982? No, oh, at 82 was, years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he filled a 20 square meter stage for 90 minutes alone with such a spirit. It was wow, it at 82 years of age. Yeah, wow. Two years ago, I think. Wow, and you were well into mind by this, so you must have appreciated. I loved it. Yeah. I was so into it. I wanted to meet him afterwards because I know some colleagues of him. Right. But he was too weak after. He after died. The show. 
<laughs> no, he died. Yeah, he did. Yeah. How long after? <laughs> Must have been soon, mm. two years ago, because he died about 18 months ago, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, around, around yeah. Some, some month ago. Yeah. Okay, bugger. But that happens. <laughs> so how New you... man's coming after. Yeah, no, well, that's right. Yeah, The younger generation are coming through. Um, so what got you into mine? Uh, it really started very early. My, my brother took me with his in his breakdance group when I was five or six years old. what? Breakdance. Bra- oh, breakdance. Yeah. Right. Yep. And he winded me up on my back as a little robot. Oh, okay. And I just got a few pictures in my head about of, of little, dis- of big discotheques. I just remember pictures of people around me yeah that's all and with 14 i started in school on a talent contest with a little mime play i didn't knew the word mime at this moment uh, i just started to do invisible things and and it worked very well uh, yeah it was a great experience for me and then one year later i did another play together with a friend of mine and since since then we are doing it 12 years now 12 years yeah you've been doing mine wow yeah. you must be really rich and famous by now I wish I would. <laughs> no, that's not what it's about. <laughs> no, it was always besides school and and and. So twelve years. How old are you? Uh, t- I'm twenty six now. Twenty six. So you're fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was you said, fourteen. Fourteen. So, yeah. Right, okay. That twelve year experience. It's a third of your life. Not nearly half of your life. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And hopefully it will be seven sixths or something. Yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so, um, educate me. Tell me about mime. What is what is mime? You know, mime is dead. Long list of mime. <laughs> no, um, mime is also a thing for me to discover because, yeah, what is mime? Most people don't have any clear picture about mime. Many people are really have an annoying opinion about it. It's pretending that something's there and interacting with it. Yeah, that's already a good picture because uh, the more common picture is, yeah, these are the white striped people running behind my back and making jokes about me or just the statues uh, giving me a hand for one euro mm-hmm. uh, and that's also the thing I don't like about mime. Yeah, that's, that's the statues that you see sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but it's belonging to the genre of mime. Yeah, I suppose it is, yeah. Yeah, and, and I don't like, it's mostly an American picture of mime, the white stripes. I've read books about mime where they teach mime from America where they teach you, yeah, and you have to wear striped shirts. It's staying in the book, and it's totally bullshit because. But that's the bit character, isn't it, of Marcel Marceau? He had a yes, had a kind stri- of some stripes. Yeah, yeah, yeah on, but, on the chest. Okay. They just copy this. Okay, so my attitude mine. to mime is, <laughs> is creating the. I'm making this as a go, right? Yeah. Creating the illusion that something is there through by using the human body. Yeah. To create that space, it reminds me of what is a vase? Is it the container or the space that holds it, that that it surrounds? Which is the vase? <laughs> and to me, mime is the space. You, as the performer, create the space. Yeah, wonderful. That is the imaginary thing. Wonderful. Because uh, this is... Is why, that accurate? Yeah, this is perfect. Because this is why I love mime, that it's so universal that you just need the one body, the one mime, and you can create everything around mm. you. You can create the characters, you can create the surroundings, the objects. Mm. It's all just in you. And that's what I love. You don't need costumes. You don't need objects to handle. You don't need any stage decoration or big things. You can do everything if you want. How hard is it? Um, now, after, after 12 years, I, for me, I can't say about hardness. I can't talk about it because I'm doing it every day. Right. I really do it every day. I, I, I so much live it. People were often asking, yeah, how many times do you practice? And I can't give an answer. I can't say, yeah, two times a week. 
Because... Are, you, are you like Jimi Hendrix, who was always carrying the guitar around <laughs> with him, so it was part I of him? Always is my, it, is my mime Jimmy. is you? Yeah, You're definitely. always doing bits of mime? Definitely. Just describing something in a conversation, you will use mime? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I also love to, yeah, if I walk through my, through my apartment, I do mime every time. Right. Yeah. Do you teach any mime? I want to more and more. I, I did sometimes a little children's theatre festivals and it was very fine. It was it worked very well. So yeah, I, I want to do that. It's kind of a plan also for the future when I'm too old to stand on the stage. Yeah, when you're 84 instead of 82. Yeah, like when I'm 84 then I think I will yeah. be mostly 90% teacher than actor. Okay. Um, how hard is it to teach? It's, is it hard to teach? Yeah. I, I think, yeah, it is because you can show the first five, six uh, movements or the basics, but uh, the learning curve is very flat because people really have to practice mm. to make it real. And so you can show them and they can try, but they see that it's not the same as your show. So you have really, you have to motivate the people a lot to do it. To practice. Yeah. But that's like any instrument, isn't it? You, yours is a body. Is Everybody, it? But, yeah. you know, like singers is their voice, it's, you know, a pianist is the piano. Yeah. How do you do mime? And the point is, I, I remember picking up somewhere that if you were to mime drinking a glass yeah. of water, yeah. the natural tendency is to pick it, to pretend that you're holding a glass and place your thumb at your bottom lip and pour as though you're holding a glass. That does not work. That does not imitate a glass because you don't actually hold the glass at the rim and then put your thumb to your lip. <laughs> to create the illusion that you're holding something so that your the observer joins the dots to create the image of the thing, the glass, how do you do that? How do you, how do you get your body to create the illusion of something? First, me for myself, I see it. <laughs> That's really how it works for me. I, I have to see it. I have to see the rope. I have to see the wall. Because just if I see it, then the people will see it. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, the movement is always not like the real movement. It, it has always something, something artificial, something real, a bit surreal. Okay. You have to do it a, tick, a, a bit more slow than you would do the normal movements because uh, the people don't see the object, so they need more time to think about inside their head they need more time to ah now he, he took it and now he's wave uh, carrying his, his up it up and yeah you you need to be a bit more slow than in reality okay. what 10 percent slower 20 percent <laughs> uh, hey i'm a technician i, I get it but i think i understand just just a little bit so your brain fills in the spot it's got yeah, time to fill in the gaps the spot to see it yeah okay okay so what sort of performances have you been done you're yeah. internationally acclaimed. You've, I, I, where, where have you performed? Where in the world have you performed? Ah, the last mon month were great. Uh, we were invited to Israel on a mime festival for Germany. Then we were invited to St. Petersburg at the Russian Carnival, which was also very great. To Belgium, to Netherlands, Poland we played. Yeah. At the moment, we, we have the chance to travel, and this is wonderful. Right. And you're being paid to travel? Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're paying you... They, putting you on planes, paying airfares, all that stuff. You, yeah, are you right. making a living? Uh, yeah, I, I totally make a living out of mime. That was always my main main aim I, or main goal. Yeah. I, I didn't want to do any other job. 
not because I was lazy to do the job. I always was saying, yeah, I want to do 150% just going this way. And it's working at the moment. Yeah. I'm not the most rich people no. here, but yeah, I'm quite fine at the moment. What do you call yourself? You, you work with a partner? Yeah. You've got a partner, yeah. there's two of you. And, and we call it as a little ensemble, uh, Metropolis. Met Metropolis. Metropolis. It's a combination of Metropolis. It's, I don't know. Yes, the movie. The movie. Yeah. Fr Fr Fritz Lang's yeah. Metropolis. Amazing I love film. It. I love it. Yep. And and because it's a film without voice, so for me it's also part mime. Yeah. They yeah. overact a lot. It's a silent movie. If you don't know it, um, uh, 1920s. Uh, it's all about six twenty-seven. Is it around. okay? Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of it's a very socialist film. It's all about the yeah. corporation taking over. Very cheesy at the end, but the images are one of the yeah. greatest still. On yeah. Earth. And, and when they make the robot. Yeah, amazing special effects yeah. for its And era. it's the only film protected by the UNESCO. Oh, really? As a cultural movie. Yeah, it's wow. the only movie. Wow. And there are many versions of it. There is no original version of it. They discovered, two weeks ago, they discovered in Mexico the complete movie. Really? And the, uh, They the, are still missing the, about 20% and they found it in a museum in Mexico. Wow. And, and it's, it's the original concept? The, from, it's the original copy from 1927. Oh, wow. And so they are now, at the moment, they try to recover everything. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's exciting. I'm already also excited. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because I know there are many versions of it with slight differences. And yeah. In that. Germany, we already have the best one because right. some people did really a great job and get back the original music and something. Yeah. And the same people are doing now the complete version. Right. Yeah. I've actually yeah. seen it um, at a cinema, you know. Yeah. yeah oh, you, you have know, to see it on big yeah, screen. In a museum. Yeah. Yeah, it's magnificent. magnificent. And, and so, yeah, Metropolis comes from Metropolis. Yes. And, and my name is Rocco. So I put the Rocco inside. <laughs> my partner's <laughs> name is Stefan and my Stefan Liz didn't sound so well. So. Yeah, okay. Okay. That's self-indulgent, but it works. A and bit you, and you can get, and you can, Yeah. So you got an ego. Okay. You're forgiven. Um, <laughs> And um, what is the art of mime? What is the what? What don't we appreciate of mime? <laughs> like we go to. Have you ever heard of the Australian couple of performers called the Umbilical Brothers? No. Ah, oh, they oh. do very physical mime. Okay. Very, very much based around slapping and throwing, punching, hitting, and they also do it with a microphone. You know, that whole holding a microphone real close and doing okay. the whole. Yeah, that's thing. the very visual style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they do that style of mime with a lot of very visual impact. Like Michel Cotemars, do you know him? No, I don't From know Canada, him. okay. Yeah. Um, and I've seen them a couple of times. And make, yeah, very, very competent mime artists. Yeah. Uh, but they use audio sounds too with the microphone. And you can look at it and go, that's so easy. But it's not. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, and, and, and I want to explore that. You know, what, what is in mime that makes it so hard? Well, that we don't, we as the viewer don't appreciate. Every great craft is more difficult because of very subtle things. Yeah, it's it's really the the little but huge difference between seeing the action and and repeating the action, because then you really have to know your body. You really have to know uh, which action causes which picture in you. Because it's not a thing of standing in front of a mirror like dancing and and doing a choreography. This is not how mime is working for me. I was associating with some dancers a few years ago. Yeah. And I watched them use their body. Now, I'm talking about you know, semi-professional dancers yeah. and, and modern dance. And the way they were using their bodies amazed me because they were so incredibly in tune with every muscle in their yeah. body. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? 
they, they, they knew that if they put their foot there, it was because the calf, the thigh, their stomach and their arms were in the right place to make sure the foot was in the perfect place. Is that what mime is about? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the perfect mime is also called, uh, or if you have to, want to be a perfect mime, then you have to be an essential athletic. Uh, uh, essential uh, athlete. Is that what athlete, you said? Athlete, 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 yeah, athlete, essential athlete, essential athlete. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's I. It's just uh, I don't know. Yeah. No. 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 That's that makes complete sense. Athletic in the fact that you're really in tune with your body yeah. and fit and strong. Yeah. And sensual mean well, yeah, fit and in tune with your body, but sensual meaning that you're really totally one with your body. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It becomes almost an a, a um, an ecstatic experience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, mime is much more cool than most people. Oh, think. you know, like, like I, I, I haven't seen a lot of mime, but I appreciate the skill that yeah. I can't see that is there in yeah. the background. The the, the fact is, I, I don't like uh, in lots of mime stuff or mime plays. I, I also see uh, that they always or off, very often they just use the technique. They really just use the technique to stun the audience. Like the, the the case in the air hanging in the air, they can't move the case, and it's like flying in the air, and ju they just move around it. Yep. And and for me, that's just the start. That's just the beginning of mime. But you can go much more into it. You can really tell stories, create emotions. And this is a point I, I miss a lot. I miss very often on on a lot of shows. They just show you, haha, mime is very funny, very visual, very loud, and mm. and. Normally, you can do so much more. Mm. Mime. Do you ever use? Do you use music? That's also a thing. We always use music. Okay. <laughs> Because yeah, I, I got also a teacher who told me uh, yeah, music makes it cheap, and if you use music, uh, you don't need any afford more into it because music does eighty percent of the work. Yeah, but I'm addicted to music. Do you use voice? <laughs> uh, no. That's that's that that's a thing because I don't want to use your voice. I don't also want to use language because I love to go with the same piece of work around the world. Yeah, I can, actually, I didn't even think about that. That's a great thing about mime. Is that, it's yeah, that is one of the advantages yeah. of mime. You can yeah. go from country to country, do the same spot, and the people are laughing at the same second. Mm. And that's really and, great. And is the humor universal? Ninety percent, yes. Okay. I'm I'm sure we we played in in Israel, so it's. It was totally another kind of culture, and yeah, it was like being in a European team. Have, you, have you been to Asia? Have you taken to Asia? No, that's one big goal before I'm 30. It'd be interesting really to take it to Asia. It'd be interesting to take it to South America and Africa. You know, places a long yeah. way from Europe. Yeah. To see whether the, um, you know, see whether it is tr transcultural. Yeah. But I already Maso said that it is. He did. He? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He said people are laughing at the same spots everywhere. Really? Yeah. Okay. And that's really great. It's, it's, yeah. I've heard linguists say, and uh, maybe when I'm traveling through France, I might catch up with a linguist. This is one of the things I want to explore: is the universality of certain human traits. And they say within human language, there are some things that transcend all the languages. You know, the cadence, certain yeah. certain things, the way sentences are structured. Some things are universal, and I'm yeah. wondering if the same is about the way the body moves. Also, most of the body positions. If you are, if you are uh, angry, or, or if you want to cry, then then your body is mostly in the same posi positions. Okay. That's why also um, most. But we of do the... nod and 
shake our heads for different no, no, things not this, culturally. Not but this, you're talking it's about the complete position. Yeah, you're talking about things like anger shape, and yeah. shame and sadness, those sort yeah. of things. Yeah, yeah. sadness. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, it's also for me, mime is so strong that that more uh, acting schools and theater schools, they all should have two years of mime education before acting education. Some schools do it also. Because, yeah, there you first learn how to, to stand, how to hold your body. Mm -hmm. And to cry that you are sad, you can do learn that afterwards. That's also why uh, Masso started with mime. Uh, the, he said that the human language can lie, the human body not. Yeah, and he was totally right. That's why he started mime in the, in the Nazi era. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he, he, he started mime because he, he lost his parents because of the oh, second yes, he would have been yeah he would have been uh, of age during the war yeah okay and then directly in 55 he came to to germany to play to perform all the other guys in france for yeah. example <laughs> were against the germans but yeah. he came to play for them and yeah he was saying that the human body can't lie okay and okay. that's in a way very true you can see characteristics of people in their body in their mood yeah. yeah, yeah, you can, and and um, and people sometimes will hear the words and look at people and feel uncomfortable because there's a conflict. Yeah, yeah. Okay, totally. there's something shifty about him. I don't know what it is. He's, he's saying everything right, but there's something wrong. You know? <laughs> That's already the base of mime. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's just that it's formalized in mime. Yeah, it's it's t telling the story that yeah. we all know. Yeah, yeah. Where are you going? What's going to happen in the future? Oh. I hope a lot. I have a lot of plays in my mind, a lot of little stories, a lot of big stories. And I hope I have the time and also a bit of money to, to do that, to go on stage, to produce a lot. And we really want to travel around the world to play everywhere we can because uh, what's so fantastic about playing or why we are doing it for 12 years is the reaction of the audience. And it's always totally fantastic. It's, it's really hard work for a mime, uh, for a mime person. Um, to earn money out of it because it's nearly an unknown art in Germany not many people know mm. about mime and you have the audience on one side and the actors on the other side yep. and this is working fantastic but in between there's always the agency the management and oh, people yeah. who have to decide who is playing in front of the audience and what they don't know they don't buy so yeah this is the most hard work for us we are 60% office workers just uh, try to convincing the agencies in between us and the audience to try right. because reactions are always 100% positive for 12 years now and this is what what is really blowing us away right so we are working hard and hard to get more and more audience but you're not working on mine you're working on the bureaucratic bullshit this, the is, the, this is the real work yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> the well, rest is living this yeah, is well, work yeah. yeah people think i'm swanning around the world just talking to really cool people but the reality is i spend several hours putting this together before it goes <laughs> up it's the same thing you know yeah, yeah. There's, you know there's a lot of stuff in the background that people don't appreciate yeah but yeah but then you get those moments when you're on stage you forget everything else yeah, also uh, you can put 200 percent of the same work into this like as in comparison, as if you work in a factory mm. where it's not your work. No. So you, you do 50% and you already hate it. I can put 200% into my work and still feel not so exhausted. Yes. <laughs> yeah, even if nobody appreciates, at least you know you're living your truth. Yeah. Yeah. I already lost a girlfriend <laughs> in the course of that living. But 
Yeah, yeah, I know her. <laughs> <laughs> but she also understands. Yes. She just couldn't live with it, but she totally appreciates it. And well, that's... I love her for that. <laughs> you learnt mime here locally. In, in did you actually learn it, or did you learn it yourself? Normally, we would uh, say it was autodidact. Auto, auto, auto. Yeah, yeah, but it sounds like the German. Yeah, yeah, the English would just be, know the you, learned, you learned yourself. Yeah. Yeah, auto. I moved to Berlin to go on a theatre school, but I was there just for one and a half years because I felt that I more I, I, I taught more than I learned. Right. So, and I was paying for it. And yes, and you'd already had six years experience or whatever. More than, yeah. Yeah. So I left. Okay. <laughs> Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up near Dresden in Germany on a little, okay. in a little town called Grossenhain. Okay. Um, Is that that's West Germany? East Germany. That's East Saxony. Germany. Oh, okay. I was going to wonder if it was in Saxony, but yeah. I wasn't, don't know my geography well enough to ask. Yeah. Okay, so it's in Saxony. So the old East Germany. Very East. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, what was it like growing up? I, and, I, and I am asking this question around East and West Germans, you know. I haven't met any West Germans yet. <laughs> but, you know, how, how do you identify? You go overseas, somebody says, where are you from? Where, do you, where are you from? Germany? East Germany? Europe? Now I feel more like Europe because Berlin is a melting pot and you feel, you really feel Europe world. <laughs> it's yeah. really mixed up even in languages so uh, you don't have this particular village route yep. anymore. I, I love to, to go there from time to time to see my childhood place but I, I, I think, I really think I lose a bit connection to it. Because really a big city like Berlin makes you more and more open-minded. You meet a lot of people and yep. you get a lot of opinions. And so it's hard to stick with the route because there is one opinion and about this, one opinion about that. And you, it's really hard to speak about uh, with, with people about different um, things, about different themes. Because, uh, yeah, they have their born, unborn, uh, I don't know how to tell Attitudes? Attitudes, yeah. From growing up attitudes and so it's really hard. Mm. Describe Berlin to those people listening. Berlin is great. Berlin is dirty and chaotic. And chaotic, yeah. Chaotic. But that's why it is Berlin and that is why I love it. Really, um, it's like 365 years, uh, days vacation a year really <laughs> really you have this you, you have this would, holiday feeling would around. all the berliners agree with you no <laughs> mostly <laughs> the so. the people born here haven't this opinion right <laughs> just the people moved here what about in the middle of winter when it's cold and wet and sn there's snow in and summer dirt? you forget about the winters the winters are ugly <laughs> it is cold and gray and i, I if people want to come to berlin to visit me uh, i tell them always don't come in winter you will hate it you know, come in summer. Then it's the most green city, and it's do you notice different. when I'm talking to you? Summer. Yeah. That's why I'm here. Yeah. I, I could not survive a winter here. I wouldn't be. Yeah. I wouldn't survive it. But um, but it's glorious. I tell you, people, I wish you were here with us right now. You'd be having a ball. It's in, just in Berlin, glorious, you have the feeling you you really you really don't need any money to have a good living. No, and and it's, it's very cheap. Yeah, it is. I live in an it's an old apartment, but I pay 180 euros per okay. month. Okay. And it's great, and I... That's yeah. about $250 to $80 a month. Awesome. Yep. About that. Ish. You know, ish. Uh, 60. Oh, no, maybe more. Maybe 300 a month. Okay. Yeah. I'm just doing quick conversions in my head. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, so yeah. So it's not much, no. It's not. No. And also food is very cheap. Uh, we know, for example, at Pizzeria, yeah. where you can get a whole round pizza of 30 centimeters square yeah. for one euro 70. Wow. I love to tell that to tourists. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and the food is cheap. And even good yeah. food is yeah. cheap. Yeah, of course. And the beer. I keep raving about <laughs> stupidly cheap prices of beer. Um, and yeah, yeah you inside, inside Germany, I can't really imagine to move somewhere else. Right. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, where do you think Berlin's going? You know, Berlin is, um, uh, uh, what, what did the mayor say? What were we talking about earlier? What did the mayor say? Um, uh, sexy, sexy, but poor. Poor, poor but, but sexy. sexy. Poor, poor but, but sexy. sexy. Yeah, what, what, what do you think? Where, where's Berlin going? Yeah, I think it's uh, constantly, con, con, constantly, constantly, yeah. <laughs> sorry. It's constantly right. changing, but because there is no real center, like in other cities or towns yeah. where they have one center, and if it's developing or if it's getting rich, the whole city is getting rich or developing. And in Berlin, you have these all these different areas. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Thank you. Frost. Frost. <laughs> you have all these different areas. So uh, if one area is getting more and more rich and, and people don't like it anymore, there are 200 other areas still developing. Yeah. yeah. So you have this constant change. You can search for your spot who you like. Mm. And and it seems to, you know, like, the, what, what, from your point of view, describe the old East and West. I'm still getting my head around it. Like, where in, is this, is this still East Germany here where we are? Isn't it? This is still, yeah. 200 meters there starts the West <laughs> Really? Yeah. We're that close to where the wall used to be. 200 yeah, meters yeah, away. Yeah. Uh, the park, the park, which is going around here, was uh, already kind of dangerous zone near oh. the wall where they yeah, shot the, the killing, people. The yeah, killing, the killing zone. zone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now it's a park. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So we're still in East Germany, but East Berlin, but only just. Um, for the listeners and also for me, um, describe what's East and West divide. Well, how is that these days? At the moment. Uh, Especially in Berlin, you can still feel it a lot. I think so. You 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 feel or you recognize that the west part of Berlin has lived its best part. It is it's, already old now. It's oh, it's, already, it's, it's had its heyday. It's yeah. had its best. It is finished. <laughs> okay. And 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 in the east, you see the these huge amount of improvisations everywhere, and people are trying to to do something, trying to start up a lot. And so I think it's still starting to grow and, and it's like a young child, mm. the eastern part. Mm. It's like a huge playground. Yeah. It has that feel about it, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, like I, I would just love to dream up some innovative business model yeah. and bring it to East Nobody Berlin. Nobody earns money in East Berlin, but the network of creativity is, is unique, really. Right. It's totally right. unique. Right. Everybody is also helping everyone out with projects. You have one great graphic designer and another great artist, and they couple together to, to create something new. Mm. I was walking home, coming down um, Karl Marx Ali yeah. last night, and I walked past this beautiful building with a wonderful shop space at the bottom, retail outlet space, and they were putting up a very large cartoons. There was, there was really? some, it was some art display that they were going to have probably this weekend. Yeah. And they were putting it up, and I went, yeah, here we are on a major avenue in a major city, and these people are probably haven't got any money, and they're doing all this themselves, and they are in prime real estate. 
you know, virtually Manhattan Island. You know, it's it was just amazing. And they could do it because it's in East yeah. Berlin. Yeah. They couldn't do it in West Berlin. They couldn't do it in Paris. Yeah. They couldn't do it in London. But they could do it in East Berlin. And I thought, wow, that's so wonderful that people at that grassroots level have got this opportunity. Yeah, of course. And... Um, Yeah, so they'll have and, and this crowd of people is also very strong, especially in East Berlin. Uh, to tell one little story, there's the spray, the river. Yep. And yep. at the moment, I don't, don't know if you've heard about, uh, there are a lot of investors coming and they want to build up the media spray. Uh, lots of modern buildings just for business, directly on both sides of the river. Yep. And I, and think, I think the West Side Gallery wall gets in the way, doesn't it? This part... They want to, to build buildings yeah. on these parts. But uh, the people living there, the, all the artists are very creative. And um, they, they came up with the slogan, Sink Media Spray. Oh, okay. And, and la last week, there was a big, big, uh, really huge demonstration because investors wanted to come with a ship to see the, the area. And uh, the, all the artists, all the creative people of East Berlin put up a parade and demonstration on water. Like They that. told the people, bring what you can to swim on it, and then we block the ship, and they did it. Really? <laughs> they did block it, and they have really a big opinion, and they get several thousand of signatures against this media spree. And, so, yeah, and, they can do a lot here. Yes, yes, and I've noticed that uh, people power does talk here, doesn't it? Yeah. I am um, um, Palestine Republic. Yeah, my pronunciation is probably a bit rough, but they... Um, Yeah, the public said, tear it down. So it got torn down. I personally don't agree with that. It's a shame. Me but, too. But <laughs> there but was also a lot of against demonstrations. Yes, yeah, a lot of controversy. I love the building. Yeah, yeah, I think it was a huge error. And yeah, also and because why shutting down one building and, and keeping another one? Uh, you, you keep the stadium built by Hitler because it's uh, the, the Olympia Stadium. Oh, okay. I haven't come it's, across that it's yet. It's a huge building. It's, it's from the Third Reich. Okay. You, you also can see it. Okay. <laughs> and it, but it's a monument, and they keep it as a monument. Right. But why don't they keep the Palace de République as a monument? Yeah. It's well, also. And actually, since I've you know started inquiring, I've had a look at a few photos of it, and I thought it was at East German architecture. And it was it's a bit stark, but it's. I think thought it was. Yeah, okay. but inside at this moment, it was also the best uh, art spot. They did a lot of gallery stuff in there, mm. and really, I was there also a lot of times, and it was a great part in the middle of Berlin. You can go to gallery, mm. and it's all but gone now. And yeah. they're talking about a castle. They want to yeah. rebuild a castle. Nobody has a connection to yeah. this. Yeah, the, the city palace yeah. of Frederick the Great, which was torn down or demolished, blown up during the World War. Yeah. You know, why rebuild something like that? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. They won't build it. Cost too much money. Really? I don't believe that. I don't believe they'll ever build it. It'll it will be it, a grass ground forever. No, I reckon what they'll do is there'll be a park for yeah, 20 or 40 years, and yeah. then they'll build some funky building. And if they do that, it'll be good. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so, anything else, Rocco? I'm a mime, and mimes don't speak so much. <laughs> <laughs> You've spoken very well today. Thank you. Um, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Rocco. I'm going to put lots of stuff up on the. Um, I'm going to put some YouTube clips up of you. You've given yeah. me some photos. I'll put all that stuff up on the site. Uh, just for those people who may not go to the site, give us a plug. Here's a chance. Have you got a website? Yeah, I've got a website. It's metropolis.com. Hard to... I, I try. M-E-T-R-O-C-C-O-L-I-S.com. 
Your English is great, mate. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. It's been great. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. Cheers, mate. See ya. Cheers. There are eight million stories in the naked city. This has been one of them.